This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Psalm 98.3, Psalm 98.3. He remembereth his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. So it's just a matter of timing. Right now he's still in the process in Matthew 15 to try his very best, pour out all of his strength to bring Israel back to God. But the Lord doesn't want any Gentile to perish. In fact, he cries out to the whole earth, Gentiles, in Isaiah 45, 22, Isaiah 45, 22, he says, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there's none else. All the Gentiles. Isaiah 52.10, Isaiah 52.10, the Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. But when the disciples encountered this woman crying out for help, their response was, verse 23, verse 23, send her away, send her away. Sometimes that's our response. Sometimes that's our response when we see a person in need. We just don't don't have the time. We don't want to be troubled. We don't want to get out of our comfort zone. It's so much easier to say, send that person away. Just send them away. But God says in Matthew 15, 32, in Matthew 15, 32, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue now with me three days and have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. Now, it was just so hard for this woman, to, this poor, dear woman, to hear the Lord say in verse 24, verse 24, but he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It was all the more hard for her when she finally got a response from the Lord and that, sorry, I'm not sent to your people. I mean, he, told, he already told his disciples this in Matthew 10, 5. Matthew 10, 5, he said, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. 
now this woman has another choice. She's going to turn away, and she is not going to turn away. She is a fighter. She came for mercy. She's not leaving till she gets mercy, and she takes it to the next level in verse 25. Verse 25, then came she and worshiped, saying, Lord, help me. This woman did not say, Lord, help the Canaanites. This woman said, help me. She is now stepping out of the group called the Canaanites. And she's asking the Lord, not for all the Canaanites, but for her specifically when she says in verse 25, verse 25, Lord, help me. Her words are so important there. They mean so much when she says, Lord, help me. I made a bronze plaque for the entrance of my house with her words on it, Lord, help me. Because what she's saying is so meaningful. She's saying, help me as an individual. Don't help me as a Canaanite. Help me as an individual. Lord, see me as an individual. Don't see me as a Canaanite. This has transformed my mind because the Jews say to me, we care about you because the Talmud says the one Jew saved is the whole world or something like that. We want you. You're a Jew. We want you to come back. And I say to them, I wish you wouldn't see me as just a Jew, a part of a group. I don't see you, my dear rabbi friend, as a Jew, as part of Israel. I see you for your name. What is your name? I know your name. You are an individual to me. That's what this woman's doing. Don't see me as a Canaanite. See me as who I am. Individuals, not part of a group, when she says, Lord, help me. And she cries out. Now the Lord fully engages a response to her when he says in verse 26, verse 26, but he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. That's a really tough statement. That's a tough one. But she got what she was wanting, this fighter. She got what she was wanting. She's got an engagement with him. She's got a conversation with him. She's got a discourse with him. And this gives her great hope. She can engage the Lord now on his own words, on his own words. She's just been called a dog, and that doesn't offend her. If she's a dog, then she'll be a dog. And she's quick. She's so quick to reply back with this, with divine wisdom in verse 27, when she says, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She says, truth, Lord. She's owning the title of a dog. You want to call me a dog? I'm a dog. You want me to wear a sign around me that says dog? I'll wear it when she says, truth, Lord. But she totally transforms her thinking, and she looks at the dog, and she sees the dog. It eats from crumbs that fall from the table. She's so creative. She's so quick on her feet. And what we're seeing here of this back and forth is God, the great gardener, the great pruner, doing his work of John 15.1. John 15.1, where Jesus says, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This is what God is doing here with this woman. There's a little fruit. God, you are God, Jesus. You are the son of David, Jesus. And now God the Father takes his pruning shears and he cuts. And it hurts because he wants more fruit. And he's getting it. This is the trial of her faith. This is her trial. Because God tries faith to make it stronger. 
That's what God does. This is 1 Peter 1.7. 1 Peter 1.7. The trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that it perish, that it perisheth not, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. This is 1 Peter 4.12. 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. And she could sit there and say, that's a very strange thing that happened to me. You won't believe it. The loving, compassionate one says, I'm not part of the right people. I'm a dog. Job 23.10, Job 23.10 says, But he knoweth the way that I shall take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Gold. Because faith gets tried. That's what happens to faith. God tries faith. As he said in Jeremiah 9.7, Jeremiah 9.7, Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will melt them and try them. For how shall I do for the daughter of my people? He's going to melt his people and try his people. Zechariah 13.9, Zechariah 13.9, God talks about bringing the third part through the fire and refining them as silver is refined. The third, one-third of the Jewish people, he's talking about bringing one-third of the Jewish people through fire, refining them as silver is refined, trying them as gold is tried. And what happens? They shall call on my name, Jesus. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, it's my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. They mean Jesus is my God. Malachi 3.3, Malachi 3.3, it said about God, he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. So all of these discouragements of only being sent to Israel, of calling her a dog, are part of the pruning process to bring out more fruit of this woman, the fruit of faith. And the more fruit that came out in this woman, the Lord said to her when it was all done, and it was all done, in verse 28, verse 28, then Jesus answered and said unto the woman, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee as thou wilt. Her daughter was made whole from that very hour. That Gentile woman, along with a Gentile centurion who pleaded for the Lord to heal his servant, both of them were crowned by Christ with the crown, great faith, great faith. And that gives us, that gives us an opportunity to discover or probe into what is great faith, what great faith is. Great is thy faith, he said. First we see in this woman that great faith is, sees Jesus as God. Great faith sees Jesus as God. When she called Jesus Lord or God, that was the start of opening the door of help for her. Faith sees Jesus as God. Faith sees sees that Jesus has the power to show mercy. And second to this woman, faith sees Jesus as the son of David or the fountain of mercy. Faith sees Jehovah Jesus that has the will to show mercy as he did with this leper in Matthew 8.2. Matthew 8.2. Behold, there came a leper and worshiped him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and saying, I will be thou clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Faith sees the mercy of God as a gift from God with a personal name tag on it. And when we look at this woman in her desperate state, she was desperate to give her daughter relief from this devil. 
we see that faith is driven by desperate need, by a desperate need. Faith is driven or fueled or steamed by a desperate need. And at every turn, as we looked at this interaction between the woman and the Lord, we just gasp at the obstacles that were put in front of her and the fight that she had. She had to fight her way through the barrier of being a woman in a crowd of men. She had to fight her way through the barrier of being a Gentile Canaanite coming to the Jewish Messiah. She had to fight her way through the barrier of first being ignored by the Lord Jesus. She had to fight her way through the barrier of the advice of the disciples saying that she needed to be dismissed and sent away. She had to fight her way through the barrier of being told that the Messiah was not coming to her people. She had to fight her way through being called a dog and that it wasn't right to cast bread that was intended for children to dogs. Basically, she had to fight her way through being resisted by Jesus because faith fights till it breaks through discouragement. She said, if he calls me a dog, I'll be a dog. What do dogs do? That's a fighting spirit. That's a fighting spirit. And through all these barriers of gender and race and being ignored and and not being the focus of his coming and being demeaned, she fought and fought and fought till she finally got what she came for. Because faith fights every obstacle in its way. Faith fights discouragement. And there were so many times when it would have been so easy for the woman to say, what's the use? This is too hard for me. I just give up. I'll go home. I'll go home. As a matter of fact, when the obstacles got tougher in her way, she fought harder. And this is what we see in the Lord Jesus when the obstacles were in front of him of going to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says in Luke twenty two forty four, Luke twenty two forty four, what what he did when it got tougher. Luke twenty two forty four, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. In Genesis thirty two, when Jacob had wrestled with God all night long, and he was exhausted, and the morning was breaking, and his hip was out of joint, and God was pushing him away. Jacob's step just fired up more steam and he clung to God harder. And it says in Genesis 32, 25, Genesis 32, 25, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. I will not let you go, he says, unless you bless me. Faith sees the hand of God that stretched out to push a person away, and faith grabs that hand to cling to it. And when she was told that she was not an Israelite and she was not one of the children and she was a dog, she fought harder and she said, whether I'm an Israelite or not, I'm coming to God in Jesus. I'm coming to the son of David in Jesus. It's not a question of who I am. It's a question of who he is. And that shows faith is not preoccupied with self. Faith is preoccupied with God. Faith doesn't say, oh me, I'm falling so short. Oh me, oh I, oh me. Faith doesn't do that. Faith is, uh, oh, I'm not an Israelite. Oh, I'm a dog. Faith doesn't do that. Faith is occupied with God, not self. And faith is ready to fight even if it means dying in the process. 
Faith is ready to die fighting. Job was ready to die fighting to keep his trust in God when he said in Job 13, 15, Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. That's what faith looks like. Esther was ready to fight to save her people and die in the process when she said in Esther 4.16, Esther 4.16, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me, neither eat or drink three days, night or day. I also, my mains will fast likewise, so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. That's what faith looks like. It was so remarkable that this woman did not want to give up, but kept on fighting, that it looked like she had some kind of secret strength. How could she do this? She did it because faith is strengthened by God. Faith is strengthened by God. David and Job were so aware of this. David said in Psalm 138.3, Psalm 138.3, In the day when I cried, thou answered me, and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. He said in Psalm 63.8, David said in Psalm 63.8, My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. David realizes he's running hard after God, and God is strengthening him to continue that run. Job said in Job 23.6, Job 23.6, will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. Just like that father, just like that father who said, strengthen my faith. Strengthen my faith in Mark 9.24, 9.24. Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And that strength that God gave her made her faith so quick and so creative. When she was told she was a dog, instantly she came back with a very creative response about dogs eating the crumbs that fall off the table. That was an answer of divine wisdom because that woman was given that answer by God. And that when that woman was called a dog, by the way, that woman had a choice. She had a choice to make. Either I'm gonna take a position of pride or a position of humility. If she had any pride in her, that would have brought it out. When she was called a dog, if she had any pride in her, she would have said, a dog? Have I just been called a dog? For this I come out of my house to be called a dog? I'm so done. This is the tender, compassionate Messiah I've heard of. He calls me a dog? I've never been so treated roughly like that in my life. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm not a dog. I'm a woman. I'm a good woman. I'm an honest woman. I'm a woman in need. I'm not a dog. Now, that would have been a response if there was any pride in her, but that was not her response, and that was so much not her response that she said after having been called a, a dog in verse 27, truth, Lord, she says, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat. And when she said, truth, Lord, she was saying, you call me a dog, a dog I will be, a dog I am, and I know you're kind to dogs. That was humility, which shows us Faith is humble. Faith is humble. Just like Paul was humble when he said in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.15, 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Can you imagine sitting down with Paul, asking uh, Paul, how do you see yourself, Rabbi Paul? And Paul says, oh, I see myself as the head sinner as the leader of the pack of dirty, rotten sinners. That's how Paul 
saw himself in his humility. He said in Ephesians 3.8, Ephesians 3.8, Paul says, unto me who am the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. It's the least of every saint, he says, the lowest. She was humble. She was humble because she was humbled by the Lord. And that shows that faith is willing to be humbled. Faith is willing to obey 1 Peter 5, 6. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So she replies to the Lord in verse 27. She says that she's a dog. And then she adds something there. She says in verse 27, she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from, not the table, from their master's table. Who said anything about a master in this thing? Who said anything about a master? This should be a master's table. But when she said that, it was very meaningful because she was calling Christ her master. And, and which meant that she wanted to be close to Christ. She wanted to be close to Christ, which shows us another thing about faith. Faith has one goal, which is to be with Christ. That's the goal of faith, to be with Christ. That was David's goal in Psalm 8410. Psalm 8410, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. That woman could have said, I'd rather be a dog in the house of my God than to be a, a, a queen in a tent of wickedness. It was so remarkable to hear this Gentile woman, Gentile woman, a Canaanite, referred to Jesus as the son of David, which raises the question, where did this Gentile woman learn about the son of David? Did you see it on some TV or some radio? I don't think so. Did she learn about the son of David in a temple of Canaanite idols? I don't think so. This woman learned about the son of David from the Jewish Bible. She read and studied the Bible and that shows us something. Faith clings to the Bible. Faith clings to the Bible. She knew that the Jews were not flocking to Christ for help. She knew that there were neglected crumbs falling off the Jewish table. And we all seen dogs. They touch our hearts. You've seen a dog sitting by the table. He's so attentive. You know, he's looking up. Very, very attentive. He's waiting. He's expecting something's going to come off that table for him. That's how she pictured herself. She pictured herself like the Gentiles in Acts 13.42. Acts 13.42. When the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Then faith is evaluated by God. Faith is evaluated by God. And it's tried as it's being evaluated. It's tried till it reaches the point that God's happy with it, which happened with, happened with this woman in her trial till the Lord was happy. In verse 28, verse 28, Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is thy faith. In essence, verse 28, the Lord is saying, now that's what I'm looking for, great faith. And finally, faith is rewarded. Faith is rewarded. She came as a Canaanite. She left as a princess with God. She came as a Canaanite far from God. She left as a princess with God, just like Jacob. Just like Jacob in Genesis 32, he came as a shepherd he, in Genesis 32. He left as a prince with God, Genesis 32, 28, 32, 28. He said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and hast prevailed. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this woman. Thank you so much for recording, Lord, all the discourse back and forth between you and her. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to understand what faith is and to be also people of great faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.